welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. That's me with some slick radio voice. This week is episode number 222 of the Fred Talk Podcast. You are joined by both myself and Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey, <laughs> there's not the, the deathly <laughs> silence that there was at the end of the, the last podcast. <laughs> yeah. Say bye, Matt. Come on, please. Please, we can't end until you do. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten about that. I, I listened to it uh, yesterday, I think. Uh, so I, I, it's fresh in my mind. It was a good, good podcast, actually. Um, yes, I am that narcissistic that I listen back to our podcast. Um, I mean, someone's got to, I suppose, haven't they? <laughs> so it is, it is Fret's Little Podcast 222. Uh, we are here. We are going to be self-indulgent for a little while and talk about ourselves. Uh, on this week's podcast, hopefully, if we can have time <laughs> at the end, <laughs> we will be talking about uh, two signature... I, I don't know whether you'd call them both signatures. Uh, two artists' yeah. guitars... Uh, a Gretsch and a PRS. And we're going to be talking about a virtual Jeff. It's quite interesting, that one. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. But before we do, we've got to talk about Metallica, don't we? Metallica? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've got to take a tangent. Oh, right, on. yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a 25-minute tangent on Metallica and the life and works of all of the members of Metallica. Indeed. And I, I've i got to like put my hands up here and completely apologise for the pronunciation of uh, Trujillo um, last week. Oh, my God. It was... Uh, it, it was like... <laughs> do you remember like way, way back in like the, the early 2000s where no one had ever heard uh, Hermione's name read out loud? And yeah, and we all went. And that's that's how that's pronounced. What? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those moments. Yeah, I kind of reverted back to my youth. I think. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> like, you've got to be a very specific age for that reference to make sense. You've really got to be a very specific age. Um, yeah, you have to be. Old enough that you read the books yourself and didn't have them read to you, but young <laughs> yeah. enough to like have wanted to read the Harry Potter books when you were That's in, in that age group. So yeah, it's a very specific like five or six years worth of yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her- Her- Hermione one. What? What's that? Hermione. <laughs> what? Hermione. Apparently, is, is how you pronounce that. Hermione. Yeah. yeah. No, we like it's not a British name. It's not something that every like we've all got an auntie Hermione. Yeah. We we were as confused as you. It's, yeah, it's not a name. It's it was never a name. It's, it's I mean it, I know now it is. I'm sure there's thousands of them born every year, but it yeah, certainly probably. wasn't before that book came out. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean we say that. However, um, there is a famous British actress called Hermione. Um, Hermione something or other. She was in Decline Col- famous because I've never heard of her. She was in Cold Feet, um, the okay. sitcom. It's not British, really a sitcom. It's like a, it's a bit like a drama, isn't it? Drama. 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Cop drama? It's not a cop drama, no. Although I, 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 I kind of want it to be a cop drama now. <laughs> I don't. I've never watched it. I just, it just it it feels like it should be the same as Silent Witness to me. So no, no, it was. Uh, how do you how do you describe it? Like if you if you took Friends and you made yeah. it re, like super super British, so you take out all of the okay. like stupid shit just for laughs. Uh, you keep all of the kind of weird awkward romance where they're all they're a bit like hamsters and they're all fucking each other. Um, <laughs> so you leave that in. Um, but yeah, like take out a lot of the, like the cheesy one-liners and the, the situational, situational, uh, comedy aspects of it. And then you've pretty much got cold feet. Okay. Um, I mean, at least we're not talking about Metallica. (laughs) (laughs) Should we tell the listeners that you didn't realize Slash was back in Guns N' Roses? I mean, we we can, we can do that. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was still Bumblefoot. Um, I remember yeah. Bumblefoot being... I remember when Buckethead was in uh, Guns N' Roses for a brief time as well. I thought that was very strange. <laughs> yeah, so apparently Slash came back in 2016 and has been back ever since. I, I don't know whether they still tour. It can't be that that recent. Uh, yeah, Slash, Slash and McKagan both came back in 2016. That's, that's what Wikipedia told me anyway. I am very surprised. Number one, uh, that it was that far away. Like, oh, 2016, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, that is how <laughs> far I'm out of the loop. And number two, I'm Which... surprised that Duff McKeegan is still alive. I, I thought he died a long time ago. <laughs> so, congrats, I guess. Congrats, yeah. that man. Yeah. Um,. But yeah, so Fret Talk podcast is is happening. That's what we're doing right now. Um, they were obviously talking about British drama, <laughs> kind of sick, <laughs> sick dramas. Um, but what we should be doing is talking about what we've been up to, Matt. So what have we been up to this week? Uh, so I think about five or six months ago, I mentioned that I got a pedal board off uh, Ryan Unwick, who's one of our mates that was had for a while a company called RAN Pedalboards yeah, right. um, which he's not actually making them himself at the moment but um, he was at the time and I got a pedalboard off him and I was umming and ahhing about whether to make a specific board just for running um, for uh, the, the shows where I'm not going to be able to use an amp and run two boards or whether I'm just going to use one for now I've decided finally decided that I'm just going to have one board and I'll literally just unplug it from the end pedal, which is my new new neighbor, new neighbor. I don't, I never know how to pronounce that. It's, the reverb, it's, <laughs> it's, it's foreign sounding, but yeah, um, unplug the the patch cable out of that and just plug the cable to the amp into that instead. Um, but yeah, so I finally got around to rebuilding that board, and I posted on Instagram for the first time in about nine months. <laughs> yeah, you did. So if you want I, to see it, I threw a like on that bad boy. You did. Uh, yeah, so if you want to see it, um, the board is on Instagram, but um, 50-50 split on drives between Chevtone and Tate FX at the moment. There's no hot cake on my board for the first time in a long time. 
Nice. But obviously, I'm not run, not running the Vox currently, so um, I could get away with the um, you know some different pedals that don't that don't play well with the Vox. Like, yeah, yeah you don't like 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 I said with the um, the Chevto Messiah, you had to dial it into the Vox rather than dial it how you wanted it to sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas with edit, all of the other amps that I have at the moment, you can kind of dial it wherever you like, and it sounds good, sounds great. So, yeah, um, I've brought that in. I've got the Anteras before it, and the Honey Burst. Is it Honey Burst? What's the? It is the, the Honey Chef Burst? Yeah, yeah. Honey Burst after it. So I've got like mildly tube screamer flavored either side of it. So you can either run it into the front end of the Marshall or have it a little bit more open and push the marsh have the Marshall running into the tube screamer. Yeah. Um, which gives you a bit bit of a different sound, and then I've got the TFX Raise the Dead as my fuzz because, of course, I do. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Like happy smile. <laughs> and my Analog Man chorus finally arrived, so back with a chorus pedal. Like the one hundred percent, just yes. <laughs> like, this is, everything is coming up Millhouse. Yeah. So yeah, um, like like yeah, everything kind of fell into alignment. I had two weekends off gigging, so yeah, it was just kind of everything fell per- perfect. So you can just take the board apart, take my time, put it all back together. And the scary thing was, it worked first time. So I, <laughs> I, I basically I, I did it all without power. Like sometime last week, and messaged the guys in the chat, and I was just like, oh, I just need to power it now, and then scream at it for five hours until it works. Yeah. But I didn't need to do the screaming at it because I powered it last night, put it down on the floor and plugged it into the sockets and everything lit up. And I was like, great. Okay. So I just need to work out the sound. And then I plugged, I plugged the Gretsch, which I have spoken about, but was a birthday present when it's now been my birthday. So I can actually play the Gretsch now. Yeah. Um, So yeah, um, plugged that in and I had the simplifier on the board. so I had the headphones in and I could hear the guitar coming out of the headphones and I was like, okay, mm. what have I done wrong? Why is it working? Why, <laughs> why, is, why isn't something broken? <laughs> what? Okay, this is really panicking me now. What have I, like, yeah. what's going to happen? Something, something's going to like, It never works first time. So and I, I'd spent 10, 15 minutes playing through it, checking all the sounds work, checking all the pedals, are, like making the effect that they're supposed to make. And I haven't just like wired in a way. So now <laughs> that my phaser is now a reverb pedal or anything like that, and, like everything just works like it's supposed to. And I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm scared to gig it. Cause what happens, like what happens when I get to a gig and all of a sudden there's just no signal path at all. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where you worry that you've, like completely bypassed a quarter of your board by just going like into the drive <laughs> section and then directly to the amp and you're like well this reverb pedal doesn't seem to be doing a great deal and I'm sure this chorus would actually sound more chorusy than this yeah. oh oh no they're not in the loop <laughs> oh dear but yeah no like I, I wired it together and it all just worked first time um yeah which like panics me a little bit, but you know, I'll, I'll just go with it. I've got a gig on Saturday, a week on Saturday. Cool. So I've got or a week on Friday. I can't remember now. It's it's a while away anyway, but it'll probably be the the first time it gets used in anger. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we, I've just got to wait for that now. Like it it works in the bedroom. It works with the simplifier. I imagine when I take that patch cable out of the simple or the, that's in the new neighbor to go to the simplifier when i unplug that it's just going to fall apart like 
all of the pedals are going to fall off and like yeah just cables everywhere and that'll be the problem or something yeah like something's got to go wrong it can't it can't be that that easy yeah but yeah no like the pedal board is great it's a wooden pedal board rather than a, a metal one yeah. um, it, it's nice and solid it fit two power supplies underneath it which is what i need because there's a one stupid amount of pedals on it because you know you know i'm not going to reduce the amount of pedals that i've got on the board that's just silly <laughs> yeah to be fair like the the ran pedal boards like it, it's a real shame that he's not doing them at the moment and i know why um like because when he was doing him it was locked out he had a bit more spare time on his hands and he's he's doing the family thing a lot more now so i'm not begrudging him that like he he seems happy as happy as anything so like good good on you man um but it, it is a shame that the uh the, the boards have have kind of fallen by the way so because they are they looked really amazing yeah i mean this one is a like very similar effect to the les paul so basically stained it black and then sanded it back so it yeah it it kind of like fits the aesthetic as well so um yeah you can barely to be fair i've got so many pedals on that you can barely see any of the wood anyway on the the photo on instagram but you can just about see kind yeah. of the the kind of blackened wood rubbed back and you can see the grain coming through and yeah it just looks it it looks amazing um it's really well built um there's two holes at the back for power to come out of so i've got um just with the way that i ran the power bricks I've got a kettle lead coming out of either of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really easy to wire up everything, like plenty of space. It was four thick thick bars, two at the top, two at the bottom, and then a thin bar down the centre. Um, it's slightly smaller than a pedal train Novo 24, but like slightly. Like yeah. it, I could fit the same amount of pedals on. I've actually gone back to, I've put my wireless system back on the board. I just need to find the... <laughs> that goes into the guitar. I mean, that, I'm pretty that sure I know helpful. where it is. Quite helpful. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I just need to find that. But I'm pretty sure I know where it is. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, that's the only bit of the board that I haven't tested. So that's probably the bit that's broken. Actually, that's calmed me down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I found a broken bit. So I mean, you kind of snuck in during during that last bit. In fact, you've uh, you've turned thirty. I have turned 30. I mean... I'm an old man now. That's it. You can officially shout at the clouds now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a actually really good birthday weekend. I literally went to... Like, all my mates went to a steakhouse, and then we came back to my house and played board games, and that's what I did for my 30th birthday, and I think that's pretty cool birthday, to be honest with you. That sounds rad. Much better than, yeah. like, going to a pub and drinking yourself stupid, which is what I'd have done at, like, 20 or 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, that that is perfectly fine for those ages that that's what you need at that point when you get to yeah. 30 a nice a nice hearty meal and some like some good companies is what you need isn't it yeah yeah and that's exactly what it was they just kind of yeah fairly chilled one now we've had some family things going on in the background so it's been a bit of a weird time for me at the moment but um yeah like it was nice to just have a day that was just kind of relaxed kind of focused on me but also just focused on seeing yeah. my mates again because we when you get to like our age seeing your mates and like i mean like all of your mates or like the the group of mates that you hung around with at school yeah like it, it goes from happening like every weekend after you just leave school and then it's like once or twice a month and then it's like 
Yeah. Once or twice a quarter, and then it's like, I've seen these guys twice this year. That's it. It becomes, yeah, it becomes an annual event, doesn't it? And sometimes even longer than that. It, yeah. It, because, like, when, when you get past a certain age and people start having children, trying to organise m- more than one person's schedule requires... It requires some like yeah. Mission Impossible style um, precision, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. It, it's a little bit of chaos, and yeah, um, yeah, it was just kind of lucky enough that like I messaged everybody in far enough in advance for people to kind of work out when they'd be free and kind of yeah, get themselves all relaxed and get just get everybody in one place. So yeah, it was it was a good weekend um yeah a lot of relaxing and then this next weekend i'm also on a like a, a staycation weekend with the missus so i've got like two two relaxing weekends back to back which is not bad nice nice and then then the the storm that is christmas commences isn't it? <laughs> yeah well i've got christmas coag uh, kind of co-aligning with the end of a project or the supposed end of a project that I'm working on at work. Um, <laughs> it's not going to... The official deadline for it is the 31st of December and it's just not going to happen. So it's going to be a stressful month, December, but that's that's three weeks away. Indeed. And that's when Christmas music can start. Yes. Yes. Let's let's not have any Christmas music till then. I'm, I'm almost certain that I, uh, I asked the 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 band if we were doing any christmas music this this kind of because we've got i think we've got two or three gigs before christmas Mm. and i'm i'm pretty sure i asked them if we're doing any uh christmas tunes and i got no response so i'm assuming that's a no (laughs) well that's like that's that'll be the next thing is i've got a gig next weekend and then we'll have to have some practices for both bands because we'll both have to put christmas music in and yeah I begrudge it every year, but people just want to scream Slade, and I mean to be fair, yeah. and I, I know the big, the real big hitters, and well enough that I'll be, I'll just, I could just do them. I don't need to rehearse them. I can just do them because I've played them yeah. enough times, and like there's there's been enough trips around the sun for me <laughs> to know those songs off by heart. Yeah, I mean like it. I, I'm pretty sure if I had an acoustic guitar, I could strum along to Slade now, but I just, I just so fed up, like every fucking year. And it, it, like, <laughs> the worst thing is if you don't do it last, yeah, you, you get forced to do it as an encore. But if you wait till last, people are screaming Christmas music at you from song one. <laughs> so like, it's, yeah. it's that fine balance and like, I just, yeah. I mean, it beats I, some I, screaming free bird, but... <laughs> I'd rather play Freebird. I see it. It's not a joyous occasion for anyone, is it? Yeah, I mean, we've we've done that in the past where somebody early in a gig has screamed Freebird, so to punish them, we played Freebird. <laughs> Take that. Like, yeah, here's nine minutes that you're not getting back. That's it, you made this happen. <laughs> I'm going to be a, an absolute fret rankery twat and you're just going to have to stand there and listen to it. You're not getting any dancey songs right now. <laughs> That's it, yeah, yeah. Don't you dare try and dance while I'm soloing. Damn it. <laughs> Don't you dare enjoy yourself. Stop it. <laughs> stand and listen. Oh, dear. <laughs> they think they're funny. Yeah. 
but the other thing that comes along with being 30 is like you've got to start being responsible about life and me and the missus are like saving up to buy a house and you know you've got, you've got to have a good credit score to buy a house and i no longer have any purchases on credit Ah, so you you need to build up credit score is what you're so yes, you're I need thinking to con- for better the conti- future. Yeah, continue to build my credit score. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I thought, what would be a good way to do that? And I know I've spoken about how I, how I break amps all the time, and I'm a terrible, terrible person. And I th- I think I want to buy myself an amp. I think. But I don't like. I haven't like narrowed it down. Um, and the first question I need to ask myself is what like because I've got enough combos that if I get the combos fixed, yeah. or even if I like, I've got a combo that's working in the in the origin, and the two twelves. I just need to get them sorted, and then um, hopefully the the vaporizer is uh, going to get a complete rebuild. Um, I spoke to Joe at Hello Sailor just before he went off on his uh, work assignment. Um, and he said that when he's back, um, and I know I can post that a lot cheaper because it's a lot lighter than the others. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be sending that over to Joe and he's going to do some of his magic and I was just going to give him a budget and say, do whatever you want to it. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that'll get sorted. But So I'll have combos. I've, the only heads and cabs I've got at the moment are the Hayden ones. And I'm thinking yeah. about getting a head and a 212 cab. Okay. Um, okay. And the I, I would prefer a vertical 212 rather than a horizontal, um, just because it just means that you don't have to put things on a box. Like, I, every gig I run at the moment, I put my amp on top of the toolbox that I have all my cables and spare pedals and spare yeah. stuff in, because when it's on the floor and, it, and you're in a band mix and you're stood three foot away from it and it's playing at your ankles sometimes you struggle to hear yourself yeah i mean it was a an unfortunate design flaw that we didn't have ears on the back of our ankles yeah yeah absolutely so i tend to like raise it up and then even possibly lean it back and stick a um duct tape roll under the front of it just so it's actually pointing at the back of your head yeah but i quite like an angled vertical 212 okay yeah um and i i need to there's there's a there's a couple on the market that have got vintage 30s in them that are quite cheap they're like they're cheaper brands they're not they're not name brands um but there's a couple out there for like like 300 quid ish um that have got vintage 30s it's just whether i'd go for that or whether i go for what seems to be in a lot of them now which is is it the 7080 yeah so the 7080 is it's the one that comes as a standard with a lot of the black star stuff yeah it's also in the origin 212 um cab yeah as well a lot of people slate them Stuart tate is one of these people who absolutely slate them i uh i i the experience i have using them is i had a cab for the uh igniter head that i had the the rebel 20 yeah. uh and i ran that through a 112 greenback it was like a vox greenback cab um and it sounded mushy and just it didn't sound vastly pleasant um and then when i run it through the uh, like a black star cab that i've got with a uh, again 112 70 80 
it sounded amazing. Like all of the clarity was back. It was nice and bright and really kind of defined notes rather than the mushy green crap. Um, yeah. So look, I've got that experience with it, but almost universally they are panned as being yeah, inferior. And, and that's the thing. Like, so it's it by the looks of it. Anybody that's making a cheap cab that's got a name brand seems to be using these 7080s, whereas any of the kind of like mm. um, like in-house brands or sort of likes of Harley Benton or... Yeah, yeah. I, it, I don't think it was Sub-Zero, but there's a, a gear for music or um, one yeah. of those kind of places that it's, yeah. it's not the Sub-Zero brand, but it's one of their other in-house brands yeah. um, that's got a vintage 30s in them um and i i know i like the sound of a vintage 30 like i've, I've had it in i've had it in the um the hughes and kettner uh pure tone and um i've got one that i'm trying to put into one of the um the hayden cabs i never mentioned it on the podcast but the fucking trying to get the back off that thing has just been the most stressful thing in my life there's there's 20 screws in it so you undo all 20 screws and the fucking Tolex has welded itself to itself. <laughs> and me and my dad were like literally trying to pull it from opposite sides of the room. And like we've had stuff in there trying to wedge it out. And we're, dad's trying to come up with a solution to get that back off. But yeah, once that's off, I want to get the, I bought a Vintage 30 because it was going cheap locally um, yeah. to throw into one of the, the Hayden cabs. But I think I'll probably go with a Vintage 30 cab. Um, and the head that I'm looking at and... I'm caught in two minds. I can either spend an extra 350 quid, obviously on finance, so like an extra like 30 quid a month, um, yeah. and get a Dirty Shirley head, a uh, Friedman Dirty Ooh, Shirley. Okay. Or do I just go a little bit cheaper and go for the Marshall Studio Vintage? Okay. Okay. So that was the NAM release from, was it 2019? I feel like it was two years ago we spoke about that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the it's the JTM forty five, but twenty watts rather than fifty. Yeah, I mean that um, does sound like a like quite a nice. But then again, yeah, like uh, so does the Dirty Shirley. Yeah, well that's it. Like the I the, I think the the Dirty Shirley's about twelve hundred, and the I, you can get the the Studio Vintage heads I think for about eight fifty now. Okay. okay, so it's whether I, I think I'd probably buy the just buy the cab outright and then. Um, get the head on finance and it's just whether I stretch that a little bit extra and just make sure that I've got finance for that little bit longer <laughs> take it take it right up to the uh to the de- the time when we're uh moving into the house yes I mean you really want to get that credit score up you've really got to really got to push the boundaries of the credit <laughs> um so that is what that is um yeah. You also have got that, that Gretsch that we haven't spoken about. Well, we I, I, kind yeah, of touched I, mean, it. I, I think we touched on it when I when it when it was bought, but um yes. Uh which actually really badly needs a restring, so I've I've had like a twenty minute play with it, but um it, it needs a restring and I need to clean the frets because it's it's basically not been touched for about five months at this point. Yes. Um because the guy who my partner bought it off hadn't used it for a few months and then obviously bought it for me and then it's just been sat in a corner of a room for another another long while so it's it's not had any use so it needs a bit of a uh, fret dress or fret, fret, fret polish sorry um, yeah. and uh, restringing but 
sounds really good. Like considering it's a, it's it's not the bottom model. It's not streamliner. It's an electromatic, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's still one of the Chinese ones. They're like 450 quid new, I think. Um, I think they're a bit more than that, aren't they? Possibly a little bit more, but yeah. Um, sound, like, I was really surprised because the, I think they call them black tops um, pickups or something similar, something along those lines. Like, they're not, they're not the standard Filtertron kind of pickups. They're a little bit, they're voiced a little bit differently and they've got a two hole mounting on either side as opposed to one hole mounting. So they're, they're a little bit different, but um, they actually sound pretty good. Um, I, yeah, I was a little bit skeptical and thinking I was going to throw Fletchers in there, but um, at the moment, I think I'll probably stick with the pickups that are in it. I think I tried um, an, an Electromatic with those pickups in back when I was a bit more of a metalhead. <laughs> um, and I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I played it with a lot more game than I should have. Um, <laughs> but actually, it took it well. Um, and I was, I was always jonesing for a for an electromatic uh, because of that, like one of the the double cut. Um, yeah, in a in a nice kind of walnut finish i think they call it which is basically like a wine red isn't it yeah which is exactly what i've got it's the um g522 electromatic double jet walnut um yeah and it looks fantastic like considering the like you know for that price point like you get a few plain finished guitars and and this is this is that like walnut. Uh, sorry, that wine red stain kind of look. So you get the you get the um, the looks of the grain coming through, and um, yeah. it's single bound, and it's uh, I, I assume it's faux binding, but um, you know it's it's a single bound guitar. The I actually quite like the fact that the fretboard is solid apart from it's got those the, the like thumbnail bits at the top. Yeah, yeah. Um, on one edge um i i really like the look of that and yeah it just it's an absolutely stunning guitar um to look at the the pickups are called black tops the black drop broad trons um yeah but yeah like i say it, it's it sounds pretty good like considering the price point that these kind of uh are coming from um like i was i was semi-convinced that i was going to swap them out but it sounds good with dead strings on it so i'm sure it's going to sound even better when i put some fresh strings on it and give it a proper a proper outing through a valve amp rather than through the headphone amp but through the the simplifier it just sounds great yeah i mean if it's if it's wearing you with dead strings through a a not valve amp it it's it's doing a good one isn't it yeah yeah absolutely like i, I spent 10 minutes playing ACDC riffs on it because you know Malcolm Young <laughs> um, you know that, that's what it's going to be and like like I say when, when I went to move a little bit towards lead that's when I realised that the, the frets need a little bit of a polish just to kind of take the <laughs> the scratch off them. The, the, the scratch off them and yeah I knew the strings were dead because they've they're gone a little bit rusty but yeah you know we've all we've all played a guitar past that point in the past at some point when we can't afford to buy strings or can't be asked to change strings oh yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um but, yeah one of mine in the rack and i can't remember which one is at that point now where the strings are offensive 
they are just yeah it it's not right uh, and i've got strings to change them with so i should but i haven't yeah that reminds me i need to order some strings <laughs> yeah i mean i i bought a set of uh um, in fact i bought maybe two or three sets of 9.5s thinking that i was going to like change a certain like a few guitars with these 9.5s because i usually use 10s and there are a few guitars yeah. which just aren't quite there and i want want to go down just a little bit but not to nines because nines don't feel right anymore um but then i forgot that i'd ordered them uh, and then ordered another like three sets of 9.5 <laughs> so i know i've got some backups um uh, but i've also got like a few um a few sets of tens as well because whenever um whenever me and yeomans go down to um uh we usually go to guitar guitar to be fair so whenever we go in no matter what what we're there to buy i'll always throw a, a, a like a guitar strings usually some of the premium sets like um like paradigms or um elixirs or anything like that just to throw a bit of money in the till uh yeah. just it, it ain't much yeah, but look even if i've just like gone there for a look around I'll I'll pay <laughs> pay an extra couple of quid more than I would online. Just yeah. well, it, I mean, like anything to support those businesses, so that you can go and try out a guitar occasionally. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's like, it. Yeah, I think um, Gra was um, mentioning that uh, a couple of weeks back in our little uh, podcast group um, that guitar shops just aren't around anymore and the remote closing um yeah i mean it's it's really sad but like over here we haven't had one for three or four years now mm. um which is just yeah it's it's awful but like it was a poorly run business that kind of and then yeah like online sales just kind of if 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 you're poorly running a business like that people are just going to go straight online and it's it's gonna kill you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's a real shame, isn't it? Because yeah, that's one of the kind of magical moments. Like if I think back to when I uh, first started guitar, like when I picked up my first guitar, and uh, like my mum took me to what was Sound Control at the time uh, in Birmingham, and I like I'd, I pulled an Epiphone Les Paul off the wall. And like played through it because I didn't know how to play a lick of guitar at that point. So I just like went through the, the like all of the frets on the guitar because the guitar teacher at school said like, that's what you want to try. You want to make sure that all of the frets ring out um, because at, at very least that's the kind yep. of standard that you want to meet. And I yep. couldn't do shit all on the guitar. So I, I went up the guitar like and this kind of battered pre-owned epiphone i think it was like a, a g310 so one of the bolt on neck ones <laughs> so i went all the way up the the neck with it and they're like some of the frets weren't quite working and i was like oh but it is it's a uh like um a cherry burst les paul and it looks like the kind of thing that jimmy page used to play and oh i want to buy yeah. that but the guitar teacher told me that this will give me more problems than it's worth yeah and then i tried a squire strat and it was perfectly fine um and i went okay i've got, I've got to buy this haven't i really 
<laughs> uh, so I reluctantly bought the Squire. But like, it's such a happy memory of like going into a guitar shop and like tr- like looking around. It was like a candy shop. Yes. Yeah, all- yeah. I mean, I, I, it's slightly different for me because the we never really had any brand new big name stuff because obviously it's a small local store yeah um and you know if you're buying from fender or gibson you've got to buy x amount before they'll let you be a stocker and stuff so like it tended to be like there would be pre-owned like usually there'd be like three or four pre-owned strats a couple of the pre-owned ter- tellies and then there was um just just some other guitars that he'd managed to get his hands on um and you know they, they used to be maybe 20 sort of electrics hanging on the wall but um the big thing for me was when i was first getting into guitar um i used to like you know go around to mate's house with an acoustic on my back um and like when i first started i started on electric and then we we had like a, a no-named acoustic that was just mm-hmm. very very difficult to play um yeah, yeah just like didn't have a built-in tuner or anything so i had to have a separate tuner with me at all times it was yeah it was just a bit of a pain and for my gcse results my parents kind of said well each a is worth this each b is worth this each c is worth this that kind of thing and then um put it towards an acoustic guitar so i remember going in and it was probably probably about three hours and i'm sure my dad was going absolutely spare <laughs> but yeah i i spent and the 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 good thing about the the, the shop is they had i would say 150 to like 200 maybe acoustic guitars just it was a giant room and they were all down one side and then all down one wall and then Oh yeah, basically the two walls worth of like three high or four high kind of yeah. acoustic guitars, and then like the rest of the room was filled out with like drum kits and pianos and stuff. Um, and I spoke the the guy who was in the shop was far more of an acoustic player than a, an electric player, so I could have a decent conversation with him. Tried a th- maybe ten different acoustics in the price bracket that I had, um, and came out with my Yamaha cpx i can't remember this is 700 or 900 i think it's a seven but it might be a nine um but yeah i think i like i say i I played a couple of fenders that were in that price bracket and um a couple of like tanglewoods and a few other guitars but yeah like i i spent a good good amount of time i could have a conversation with somebody who could say i'd steer clear away from this or that for these reasons and like these are the guitars that have got built-in tuners and a built-in preamp in them so that you could plug them in and you know have that kind of thing and yeah i i miss the fact that i could never do that again without going on holiday yeah <laughs> essentially yeah i uh, i mean uh um stupid um local uh council uh i don't know who's who's running running the uh the orders for this but um birmingham city center is now what's deemed a clean air zone and certain yeah. cars cost eight pounds a day to go in into the the clean air zone, uh, and all of the guitar shops that are worth anything are within that zone. Uh, Jesus Christ! So I'm already down eight quid if I want to yeah. go like even visit the guitar shop. And that's before parking as well. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the parking uh, parking at Guitar Guitar is free. Uh, so uh, we're all good with that. But look, if you take that eight quid and I'm going for a look around, I'm not going to buy, I'm not necessarily going to buy a guitar. I buy a set of strings. That's now cost me what, like 
a, a premium set of strings is probably like 12 quid. That's cost me 20 quid for yeah. um, a look around. A look at, a look at some guitars. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's now made uh, like just looking, like having a little fancy around the guitar shop. Uh, not viable pretty much. Which is really sad, yeah. and I imagine it's gonna it it's gonna suffer, make their business suffer as well. Um, yeah, I mean the, the the kind of people who it won't make uh, make their business suffer for are the kind of people who are going in there to try guitars because it's their it's like they're teenagers and they've got the weekend free and they want to just play some guitars, but they're not buying anything. Yeah, they're not they're not dropping four grand on a custom shop. No. I mean, to be fair, if you're dropping four grand on a custom shop, you're probably not going to worry about eight quids worth of yeah, like clean air parking zone or whatever. Um, but like for me, I, I'm not buying a grand's worth of guitar. I'm not... I, like, if I'd go in and I found a guitar I really liked, I'd probably be talking like 800 quid is the, is the limit for whatever I'd be buying. Yeah. And... If you then throw in like these extra charges on top of that, I'm like, nah, nah, fuck that. Um, yeah, but but there we go. So I, I probably won't even go there to try it first. I won't be tempted to try the guitar, which wins that I won't be buying it. Which, yeah, hey hi, yeah. Um, we're probably <laughs> probably much further into <laughs> this podcast than I think we are. Uh, I'll do I'll do a quick roundup of what I've done, um, and then we'll do uh, do some news. Um, I have released some videos this week. Um, in fact, at this point, I, I've only released one of these two videos. Um, however, by the time this releases, so when you're hearing it, listener, it will have been two videos. So I released a video on pedalboards of doom. Uh, this week uh, about direct recording and how using three pedals in a in a combination uh, can give you basically like a direct recording rig. Um, so if you're recording into a computer that's perhaps not the best, um, <laughs> it will take all of the processing power like that you would be using to run X, Y, and Z amp sim or whatever. Um, and it frees up your computer to just concentrate on recording the signal coming in. Um, it's also, it works really well as a backup for if your amp catastrophically fails and you're not quite ready to uh, like shell out for like a simplifier or an HX stump or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Because I think uh, I priced it up and it came came to about £95. Uh, Which is nothing. Yeah, I mean, like for for a good, good, solid backup, yeah, y- you're doing yeah, all mean, right there. Like you say, like in in terms of like a backup, like I mean, if you go back ten years, you your backup had to be another amp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> like you had to rely on what the venue had there, which will have yeah. been a Marshall MG from at least fifteen years ago. Then uh, <laughs> they have to wipe the dust off. Yeah, if if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really, really decent and quite versatile, um, quite versatile rig. However, 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 um, this video has not done very well in terms of, um, 
like analytics and all of that kind of metadata kind of bullshit. Um, it's it's for whatever reason the uh, the YouTube algorithm was angered by this video. Um, <laughs> so. If you haven't watched it, can you please, please, please go to Pedalboards of Doom and just look for the the most recent video because it will be mine and I want people to watch it because I put lots of time and effort into it. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, I also did something on the No Talk or Tone series this week, which is a bit of a new thing. Uh, I was sent through a pedal um, by iSet Audio. Uh, I sent a few, uh, a few pedals actually. Um, one of which was a noise gate. I think they call it the noise killer. They always said noise killer. Um, noise gates are hard. Noise gates are a bit like compressors. Like the, if you hear them working, they're you, doing something wrong. Yeah, you prob, you've probably got too much of the effect on. Um, so I. I I changed my uh, changed my style with it a little bit, and ran a, a quite heavy gain uh, preamp on my HX stomp to a point where it was kind of buzzy noisy uh, because I was running a strat. It's supposed to be, um, and you can really hear the um, the noise gate working. It's to my ear that's it sounds like a good noise gate, but people slate noise gates they'll go oh this this one sucks and this one's this one doesn't do what it's supposed to um i don't know why they do that if it, if it cuts the noise is that not enough um i don't know i don't know so you're gonna have to gonna have to let me know if you are a metal guitarist and you know what a noise gate is supposed to sound like um please let me know <laughs> because f to my ears it sounded fine it cut the noisy bits and it let me play through the not noisy bits. Oh, no, that's the wrong... Is that the right way around? No, it let you play when there was supposed to be yeah. sound. Yeah, it made the purposeful noise noisy and the not purposeful yeah. noise quiet. There we go, that'll do. There we go, that's much better. That's much better than the not noisy bits weren't noisy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what, what, what? what? <laughs> yeah, are you sure? <laughs> um, so yeah, if if you know more about noise gates than I do, because I, I will put my hands up and profess that I I know not of the ways of the noise gate. Um, let me know if it's, if it's good, because I think it did, did all right. Yeah, the only time I've ever used a noise gate was on a mixing desk, and it was because a fucking drummer just kept all the way between songs was just ever so slightly tapping his right foot or yeah right foot on the bass drum pedal but because um of the way that the the, the setup was in this particular room it would start as like a low rumble between the songs whilst the singer was talking and then would just kind of like start a <laughs> feedback, feedback loop <laughs> so we literally had to put a noise gate on that because he was literally it was the, the lightest touch on the bass drum but it was just yeah, about dun, being picked dun, up dun, by the mic dun, 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 and then each time you kind of like each time he was doing it it was kind of looping and looping and looping and yeah just causing it like a really bad so we had to put a, a gate on that channel and that's literally the only time i've ever used a noise gate in my entire life i mean i use a noise gate for this um, this podcast, so inadvertently you have used a noise gate. Nah, uh, I'm not using the noise. Key key thing is you're using the noise gate to on your behalf. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be fair, like our audio doesn't need much gating. 
Um, it's mainly to make people uh, not have to listen to our breathing. Um, we do breathe. We are we are people. We're not robots. Um, but you'd never know because the noise gates do an absolutely fantastic job on this podcast. Uh, they are they are the the silent third partner in this uh, this podcast today. So big shout cool. to the noise gates. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Woo noise gates. Woo. Woo. Uh, so I mean that's Wait, what if I if I do woo. Yeah, it, cut off. It, that I mean <laughs> you'll probably hear that now. It'll go woo. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, so that there you go. Sorry. Matt destroying the noise gate. Um so that's what I've done. <laughs> They're like a ghost. Um so yeah, that's that's what I've done this week. Um, Sorry. I will also just do another shout out to my uh, my new computer, which again on finance, more money than I wanted to spend a month. Um, but it's it's happened. It's it's done now. Um, it is just it's incredible. It's so good. Like my uh, my video, the, the 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 whole process of like recording videos for YouTube, the. Like the recording takes probably the least time out of the lot. Then the like mixing and mastering and editing the video takes the next amount of time. And then after that, it was the rendering that took about <laughs> as much as the mixing and the, the filming together. Um, Mental. That is no longer the case. So once I've mixed and edited it, it's, it's all done there. It was so much so... Um, the, the other night, I'd recorded two no talk all tones, edited one, um, and posted it like on YouTube, ready to be released. Um, I'd done that all before nine o'clock, and usually it take like I'd be finishing it by about half ten. So I sat there <laughs> at nine o'clock, going, "What do I do now?" <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you've you've rediscovered the hour and a half that you were losing. <laughs> That's it. I, but I I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I was sat there and I was confused. <laughs> pick 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 up a guitar and a pedal and play. I suppose I could do that. Yeah. That's but what you, I did. You've got time back to enjoy your playing now. That's it. Yeah, I, I will still find excuses. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna sit down and play some obscure '80s SNES game, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that <laughs> on the old computer. Or, or you've got this really fancy computer now, and GTA launches tomorrow. Yee. Sorry, GTA San Andreas reissued along with Vice City stories. No, Vice City and three. Uh, yeah, yeah. Are they are they calling it three or are they calling it Liberty City? I think they're calling it three because they only called it liberty city when it was liberty city stories didn't they yes i mean out of out of all of those games voice city is god tier it is it's the one no you're wrong san andreas is the one i mean san andreas it was good don't get me wrong san andreas was good and there were some elements of san andreas which i thought were fantastic but from start to finish, Vice City was it was just so much of a delight. Like the the music in it, the whole vibe of the thing, like they they completely encapsulized what 
I think the eighties was like, because <laughs> I'm I'm young enough that I didn't live through the eighties, but I have only references through movies. Yeah, um, and it like beautifully encapsulated that. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I do get that, but for me, the San Andreas was like, I think I've probably put more time into GTA San Andreas, not playing missions, than I have any other game ever just literally just sandbox mode just like dicking around doing whatever it's just hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of just entertainment there's you, you didn't run out of things to do absolutely and and to be fair like those those three games anyway were thoroughly thoroughly entertaining and they they all had that where there were missions and you would do the missions eventually yeah. Um, but the <laughs> the dicking about the putting a cheat mode on where you get like nine 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 ammo of of each of yeah. the guns. Um, I still know the cheat codes for the ammo pack that I used on the PlayStation Two, which I don't even own anymore. And and that is that's a testament to it. Um, though, I mean the PS Two as a console was god tier. Yeah, it, absolutely. I don't think it will get better than that. Like graphics, yes, get better. But in terms of just sheer enjoyment, like the the gameplay elements, I think that's where it peaked. Yeah, it's certainly in terms of offline gaming, I think like I, I in fact actually I I know that I d- I didn't bother with the Xbox 360 or PS3 until about two years before the following generation because the PlayStation did everything that I wanted it to do and there was like you you just kind of saw like the on the, the move to online and if you didn't have mates that had consoles there was no point in having an Xbox three sixty or a PlayStation three. Yeah, the, I mean it become a part where the the single player mode which used to be the entire game and then you had like this multiplayer mode tacked on a little bit yeah um it it completely flipped turns where you had like the multiplayer was the thing that they were using in the adverts and selling it on and then there's a there's a story mode if you want it but don't because online yeah Uh, (laughs) and it it pretty much hasn't hasn't changed since has it really yeah yeah i mean i I play a lot less games than like the ps2 era like PS1 and PS2, I probably played most of the titles that were released. Like, I was lucky enough to I had a, a jailbroken PS1, and you know, my dad would come home from work <laughs> with like we like between eight of them, they'd chip in and they'd copy the latest game, and you know, it cost us like seven quid or whatever. And they, I know you're not supposed to do that, but like everybody was doing it across the entire globe. That's what killed the PS1 sale figures. Um, but yeah, so like, like I, I played most of the PS1 games that were out. PS2, it was a lot harder to do that. But yeah, again, I think I played a lot of the kind of the big titles that I was interested in. And I, think, well, I played all of the ones I was interested in. And like, yeah, it, we just went from like copying games to just somebody would buy a game and then you just swap around. So like you'd swap Burnout and get GTA San Andreas or you'd, yeah, yeah, like do a, do a lot of that. But yeah, um, it, I think those games really for me was the peak of gaming and then after that gaming became an add-on of just dicking around with your mates on a Saturday night 
you know, it was Call yeah. of Duty Zombies or it was Halo, like, online multiplayer and it was more about the interaction with your mates and hanging around with them than it was about the game itself. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Completely, completely agree with that. It, it's, yeah, it migrated from being a kind of solitary thing and getting immersed in, like, a, a story that the game developer and the, the writer of the game um, wanted you to do an experience yeah like an ex- yeah that that's it isn't it it was an experience and like like we say like the san andreas and um i think it, it was an expansive story yeah um and like to this day i still quote like lines from san andreas <laughs> um not so much uh voice city actually um yeah san andreas was it had a lot of big quotable lines from um yeah but there you go um we were doing some news. <laughs> we were doing some news. Uh, let, go on, let's do it. Uh, so, first bit of news. Uh, Richard Fortas. Richard Fortas. Yes. And the law one, Richard Fortas. No. <laughs> I can't believe, can't believe that came out of my mouth. Richard Fortas. Um, is apparently like this generation's Izzy Stradlin. Um, he is in Guns N' Roses. Um, with Slash. With Slash, as as we found out, <laughs> as Matt, Matt correctly um, informed me. Um, he has um, been bestowed two, by two, I mean one and a half, um, Gretsch Falcon um, signature guitars. So there are two versions, like I say. It's kind of it's kind of just one version with a an alteration. You've got a Bigsby version and a V stocktail version. So The, the V stocktail version, obviously. I mean <laughs> Yes. The reason why I say it's one and a half rather than one with a change or two is because with each of those different versions, they come with a different scale length. Wait, what? They come with a different scale, scale length. Yeah. Like, so the you one- know, like you could maybe understand it if you're like, oh, and one's a one pickup version, or you know, or or this one's the seven string or whatever. If he, I don't know what kind of music Guns N' Roses. I've I, I listened to Chinese Democracy once and decided they were dead to me. That is, I mean, I can't so argue with what that. They've done since two thousand and whenever that came out. Fuck knows. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So the white version has got a 25.5 inch scale length. The black version has got a 24.6 inch scale length. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Can can anybody explain why you would want your signature model to have two different scale lengths? Maybe it's the... um, Because the Bixby one's got a longer scale length. Maybe it's the tension... Works better with the Bigsby. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. <laughs> I don't know. So th- these are the G6636RF, which I assume stands for Richard Fortas. Uh, maple body, spruce centre block, which is strange. Okay. I'm not sure that's... Not a maple centre block? Yeah. Isn't I mean, normally that's, maple? That's usually what happens, yeah. But spruce centre block. 
Uh, usually it's spruce top and maple center block. Maybe this is the information uh, that I got was mixed around. Who knows? We'll we'll go with it anyway. He's gone with a spruce center block. Uh, maple neck. Crazy Ebony. bastard. I know, yeah. <laughs> if, if anyone would do it, Richard Fortas would do it. Um, 22 for eight. I couldn't, I couldn't even pick him out in a lineup, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like, if the lineup was Guns N' Roses members, like the current Guns N' Roses members, I'd still struggle. Um, yeah, well, the big problem with that is they've got a synth player as well, so you've got to work out which one. Like, I could probably pick out Slash and Axel. Duff McKagan is going to be the one who looks the roughest. And then, <laughs> yeah, the one who didn't turn up got, to the lineup. You've got, you've got a, you've got a drummer, a synth player, and a guitarist. And you know, at that point, you're just kind of like moving the cutout bits that you've done from the, <laughs> like, yeah, that way. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I was, I was going to make some, some horribly disparaging jokes about synth players there, but I think you can, you can, you can do that yourself, listeners. I believe in you. You, you've got that. Um, Twenty-two fret ebony. Um, Ebony fretboard, uh, U profile neck, and like I say, white. The white version's got the trim. The black version's got a stop tail. These are expensive. Uh, okay, th- three I mean, that's one. Not surprising for a Gretsch. I mean, yeah, like being a Gret, like Gretsch standard line, and then, um, like signature as well. So three one four nine euros for. Uh, the the black one and then three That's Gibson custom shop money it is it is it is so it's 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 spicy spicy pricey isn't yeah. it oh so there's that um again Richard Fortas um <laughs> but if you want to make ooh, that sound ooh, relatively affordable let's talk about this next one Mark Tremonti PRS limited run. He has uh, he's come out with a limited run. In 2014, he asked the artist Joe Fenton to um, to do a little custom artwork on one of his PRS. He uses like a single cut PRS, um, and he loved it. It looked, I mean, it looked like a guitar that Mark Tremonti would play in 2014, uh, <laughs> and he. Uh, he he knew, knows that guitar as the Fenton now, based on the fact that it was based on that dog video video from about 2014. <laughs> oh, that would be Fenton. brilliant. That would be Fenton. brilliant. If there's like a beautiful artistic version of like a <laughs> middle aged bloke with his ass crack hanging out running in the field. Jesus, Jesus dog fucking Christ, dude. Fenton. <laughs> um, yeah. No, unfortunately, no, it's not that. Um, so he did like this. Like, if you imagine, I don't know. Like, look, I don't know what um, what kind of style this is. I think like hot topic is is the kind of American apparel uh, kind of shop that this would mostly remind me of. Sure, um, I know nothing about it. No, I only know it through South Park, but it's kind of like emo gothy. <laughs> okay, yeah, yes. Yeah. Say no more. That sounds perfect for this guitar. Yeah, I think in in um, the UK we had a store called Blue Banana, which very similar kind of thing. Just yeah, I'm a bit gothy. I'm a bit goth. 
Yeah. <laughs> Are you really? Okay. I need. I, I want to be alternative, but also I need the name brand of this clothing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so keen to torture. I don't. I don't. I don't want to to buy Adidas or Nike, but I must have something with a label on it anyway, just a different one. That, it's essentially that, isn't it? Trading one set of consumerism for another. Um, this is very much like I say. It's the tribal tattoo. Of the guitar world, isn't it? Really? Let's yeah. let's go for that. Um, so they, then they're going for a a limited run. 20 of these uh, guitars that are inspired by... So they're not like exact copies. They're not the exact design that Mark Tremonti had. In fact, they're a little bit more subtle um, because his original one was kind of all across the, the body of the guitar, whereas these are kind of lower lower third, aren't they, really? Yeah. Um, and they, there's two different versions, like a kind of smoky, uh, smoky grey finish on black, and then like a uh, like a red, like a rich red kind of finish on black. Yeah. Um. They they're standard Tremonti stuff. The 22 fret, 25 inch scale length, thin neck profile, uh, and like a a stop tail, like wrap around stop tail. Um. They're yeah, it's a it's the 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 artwork on it. To be fair, is is very well done. Like if we compare them to the carved carved PRSs that were out <laughs> a year or so ago, like it's it's much more tasteful and better looking than that. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean they don't look like like children's primary school drawings. So, like hats <laughs> off to Joe Fenton. He's done a a fantastic bit of art like the art is very good it's very very well done yeah however on a guitar when you put that on a guitar like this thing was like the original was in 2014 and we we mentioned before the cast that actually that was probably outdated then yeah, like we were saying, like it feels very two thousand and seven. It's it's the kind of like artwork that you'd like. I mean, it, I said welcome to the Black Parade, but actually, I think it reminds me of the video for Helena from My Chemical Romance. In kind of like the you know, it's it's that kind of era, proper goth before they've gone a little bit emo. Yeah, it's the p- proper kind of goth finish. Yeah, I, I'm thinking back to it, and I'm thinking. Um, the artwork for Opeth albums, like yeah, that kind of very intricate, very almost kind of faux, uh, faux gothic, faux almost like um, Elizabethan kind of yeah, yeah. ornamentation. Um, it it is what it is. It, I think. It's classy if you've only ever been... Like, if you've only ever read what classy means and you've not actually experienced classy. Yeah. Yeah, Actual class, yeah. It's it's ornate without being ornate. Mm. Yeah, it's both ornate (laughs) but gaudy (laughs) all in one. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how it's... Like contradicting itself, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is exactly that. 
so I did say that, that these would make the um, <laughs> the Richard Fortas uh, signature seem quite quite reasonably priced, didn't I? These these are I think they're about twelve grand. <laughs> I mean, although to be fair, if there's only twenty of them and they're PRS, that's probably cheap. Yeah, and with this, I can understand where some of the money's gone. Like the fact that they are limited run, the fact that this guy has hand painted unique designs for each and every one of them. Um, yeah, it. Co- like, I, mean, I still wouldn't pay it. <laughs> yeah, the num the numbers check out for this. I'm like, yeah, that that makes sense, but. Uh, exactly, it's a, you, you've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I am not paying for this. Um, yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, I, I was uh, I posted this on Facebook, I think, earlier today, and uh, Marcus Deluxe had post. I it put like a, a message on it about the PRS Dragon guitars, um, and there was one of those in. Um, in my local PMT, which is a music shop. It's a really unfortunately named music shop. <laughs> um, they had that, and it was like it was like abalone inlays in the shape of a dragon, and like the dragon went all around the body of the guitar as well. Um, I think they were trying to sell it for 33 grand. I vaguely remember it being a double neck as well. Um <laughs> That stayed in that guitar shop for about three years, and then it it disappeared after that. I don't think anyone bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just in the back cupboard somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've just taken it off display because they're embarrassed about the fact that it's been on the wall for ten years. That's it. We, yeah, we paid like we probably paid twenty eight k for this, and <laughs> it's it's embarrassing. <laughs> um, so that that's. That's that. Um, we'll do. We'll we will talk about the virtual Jeff. We'll do a real real quick on this one. Uh, virtual Jeff is um, a non. Um, it's it's a modification for your guitar, but it's it's reversible. It's easily reversible. It like sticks onto the guitar. It's like a digital unit, almost the size of a lithium battery. So I don't know. Think maybe like an Altoids tin kind of about that size, sits behind yeah. the back of... It's a bit thicker than an Altoids tin, but yeah, kind of kind of that kind of dimension. Sits behind the tremolo system of your guitar and has a, a whammy bar arm coming out of it. And basically what this unit does, it works as a digital whammy bar. Um, so all of, the, all of the fun of a whammy bar, but without any of the tuning instability issues... So you wouldn't even have to have a tremolo arm system so it could sit behind a telly bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, actually, it probably works out better that way. Yeah. Um, there was there's a guy on on YouTube who I think, uh, look, he he had one sent into demo, and I think he <laughs> ran it on a telly. Um, I can't remember his name, Daniel Braun. Uh, like he's he's a Canadian, um like a guitar gear YouTube guy, quite popular. Um, he's he's so very 
Canadian, like really polite and just <laughs> really nice. Uh, and he's all the things you don't want to be if you're a YouTuber. Uh, no, like he's it's really enjoyable to watch because he's, he's he's so like almost therapeutic in the way that he presents things. Um, and when he was having a go with it, it it looked really cool. Um, it's got some more features than just essentially being a Digitech whammy that's sellotaped to you. Um, <laughs> the back of your guitar because i mean you could do that if you really wanted to no one's stopping you um oh can you imagine taking apart a whammy and replacing the treadle with a whammy bar and then gluing it to your guitar (laughs) uh, crazier things have happened uh so there's that it's got like i say it's got the digital whammy bar it also has a virtual capo mode where you can basically like what the variax can do you can move all of the guitar strings pitches up, up to 12 semitones up. I imagine it'll also move it down as well, so you can turn your guitar into a baritone. and Yes, very much, yeah, can do yeah. that as well. So, yeah, like, it, I mean, that was kind of the, the, when you mentioned this, that was kind of the first thing I thought of, like, one other thing you mentioned is you can, have, like, there's different modes of whammy barness in there. You can have a Bigsby whammy bar setting or a, um, what's it? The yeah, Floyd the big Rose. dive bob, Floyd Rose. That's yeah, the one. wiggle, wiggle, boom, boom. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why they're not called that is is beyond me. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> but yeah, you can you can set the the amount of travel on your uh, on the arm, so you can set it to like one semitone either way, which is kind of Bigsby style, yeah. or even like two semitones, so you get whole tone either way. Um, all the well, way to, set to an octave. <laughs> yeah, you could set it to like three up and an octave down, which is like a Floyd Rose, or you could do an octave each way um, <laughs> if you really wanted to go crazy. Uh, I mean, you do you. And I think the uh, the Virtual Jeff comes in a pro mode with a foot switch, which allows you to have like presets of what, type of whammy you want but it also allows like these other modes as well like virtual capo mode and there's a hold function as well so you can uh like dip your bar to a certain amount and then hold it in that tune um there's a blend function as well so you can blend your original note in which if you di- like dip into certain <laughs> intervals don't definitely don't blend in your original yeah. tone. don't dip a tritone and then blend back <laughs> oh dear um but you can use the the hold and the blend function together um if you like set the the bar like the the arm even to um like a semitone travel either way and you only pull up ever so slightly and then hold it and blend like 50 50 you can get like a chorus tone with it as well which is really it's it's almost kind of like studio chorus because it's like exact yeah. doubling. It's really yeah. cool. All of that sounds amazing, doesn't it? Sounds fantastic. It what would be the one thing that would ruin this experience for you? <laughs> uh, th- the price definitely could like if, like for that kind of functionality and stuff. You're thinking, all right, the Digitech Whammy is about. 200 250 quid and it's basically one of them but goes on the guitar yeah 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 and so, like with an additional foot switch 
Yeah, and so, okay, like, I mean, realistically, I wouldn't be paying anything more. Like, it, it, I would have personally, like, once it's over 150 quid, it's probably not worth it for me because most of the functionality that I'd use is already in the Variax anyway. Even if it's a plane in the arse and you've got to plug it in your computer and it takes fucking eight weeks for the computer to understand what you're trying to tell it to do on the Variax. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I think a good price point for this is 250 to 300 I'd say that's quite fair. I, I would have said like the 200 mark would be selling like hotcakes kind of thing. Yeah. And then 300 if you really, really want that effect. Yeah. Beautiful. yeah. Um, these are coming in at 599 Um <laughs> Twice the top end. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and and that's, the, that's the problem, isn't it? Like my, my very act standard, which does... It's... A lot, a lot of what this does. It doesn't do the the virtual whammy stuff, but it does a lot of the other things. Yeah, that entire guitar costs less than this unit. Yeah, so that's problematic. Well, that's it. yeah. I mean, that's that's the big like. I mean, for that price, there's a whammy mode in the Helix LT, and yeah. you get so much more with a Helix LT. Yeah, I mean, you don't get the the um functionality of using your hands hand. yeah to hand hands oh, kneel kneel down and put your hand on the treadle there you go <laughs> i mean you you could do you could do um but yeah i mean you could you could also just gaffer tape the helix lt to the front of your guitar yeah oh, there you go there's your other solution um, but it's a bit more of a rocky motion than a wiggle stick motion i suppose it is but there you go. I mean, you saved yourself some money. Um, and that is our news, and that is our podcast for this week. Um, it was so close, Virtual Jeff. You, you got almost there. Almost there. Um, so, as as always, we extend a thank you to the listeners. Thank you. Uh, muchas we, gracias. Muchas gracias, indeed. Um, much, much thank you. Um, we, we also send a massive, massive thank you to our Patreon backers because you guys are the best. Just simply, you're the best around. Nothing's ever going to keep you down. Um, <laughs> for as little as $2 a month as well. can't believe you said simply you're the best and then didn't go with simply the best. You went with the other, the other <laughs> song that you could pick. I did, yeah. I did. Um, <laughs> so as little as $2 a month, you can be one of these people who who are responsible for our shenanigans. Um, and those people are as follows. Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans, Mr. Doug Christ, 37 effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe and of the Just Surprise Me podcast. He podcasts like a boss. Uh, we have got Mr. Huge Erection. We. <laughs> we. <laughs> oh, man, uh, oh, what's the one this week? Uh, is it in yet? Is is the uh, the one that follows huge erection um, on the Tone Jokes podcast? Is he in yet? Yeah. Um, we've got Mr. Ben Fletcher of the Fletcher pickup of the Fletcher pickups of the of Fletcher pickups of the Fletcher pickups. Uh, oh, I need to go to bed. Uh, and we've got Mr. Brian Garrett of the Tone Jerks podcast and of the Second Book podcast. Uh, 
Um, I've still not listened to that. I mean, to be fair, I've not watched an episode of Seinfeld. But it, I, I would need to. I need to check out that podcast anyway. <laughs> Just why not? That will be us for this week. Um, thank you for like joining us on this journey, and yeah, it's it's been quite a sizable one. So good, good on you. So from myself, Mister Budget Pedal Chap. Oh, I've not told people where they can find me. What's going on? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, all that, all that jazz. Heel and score Matt Q. You know the drill by now. So. From myself, yeah. Mr. Budget Pedal Jam. <laughs> From Mr. Matt Coyne, it will be a tatty bite. No, I've, I've missed, out, <laughs> missed out the most important thing. Say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Yes! It will be <laughs> a tatty bye. Good night for this week. I'm so sorry for botching this ending. Tara a bit. Bye. 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 <laughs> bye. <laughs>